In God's Word this morning, Luke chapter number 2, Luke chapter number 2, and uh, Luke 2 is most famous for containing the Christmas story, and we're not going there this morning, but as we continue through Luke 2, we actually pick up on the youth days of the Lord Jesus. Uh, there's not a whole lot said of Jesus' uh, youthful days, but what's said we should pay close attention to. What we're going to look at this morning, I want to preach this message, Lessons from the Perfect Child. And I hate to tell you, that's not your grandchild, and it's not you either. Uh, it's the Lord Jesus, Lessons from the Perfect Child, and we'll look together in Luke 2, verse number 39. Uh, Jesus has just been noticed and prophesied over by Simeon and Anna in the temple, his parents have taken him faithfully uh, to honor and obey the Lord. And we pick up there in verse 39 of Luke 2. And we'll read to the end of the chapter, verse 52. The Bible says, And when they, Mary and Joseph, had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wished ye not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man." And we come to this passage of Scripture, and there's a few verses I want to draw your attention to. The first verse, actually we didn't read yet, but you might turn back about a page in your Bible to verse number 80 of Luke chapter number 1. And the Bible tells us something about Jesus, and it tells us something about Jesus as a child, as a little child. The Bible says in chapter 1, verse 80, The child grew and waxed strong in spirit. And was in the deserts till the day of his showing unto Israel. The Bible says that he grew and waxed strong in spirit. Then turn in your Bibles to our text, chapter number 2. And look with me at verse number 40. Look at verse number 40. The Bible says, The child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. The Bible says some interesting things about Jesus. He grew he waxed strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom. And the grace of God was upon him. And then look at verse 52. The Bible says that Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And so when we look at this, 
these three things. We look at these three verses. We look at this emphasis. We're going to learn some lessons from the perfect child. Now, no one's expecting you to be perfect, uh, but we can learn some things from Jesus. There's two things, two applications. One, we should strive to be like Jesus at all ages and stages of our lives. If you're here today and you are a teenager, you're a child, you should, with God's help, ask the Lord to help you to be a child like Jesus. And if you are here today and you have any part at all in helping raise children, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, teachers, etc., I want to remind you of something. God's given you a great responsibility and a great opportunity. There are some things we can learn, lessons to be learned from the perfect child, Jesus himself. Let's look at these things together again here at number one with this. He grew strong in spirit. He grew strong in spirit. The Bible says it like this in verse number 80 of chapter number 1. It says that the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. That, that word waxed, it's got this, this, this idea of it became. It, it, it became. I'll just tell you, I don't know if you've ever noticed a plant that's in the hot sun and when it's really growing, you can see it. You can see it, the action of, uh, of osmosis and all that. I don't, I'm no scientist, I promise. But you can watch it. You can watch the leaves of a plant get real waxy in the sun. And my uncle always told me that's when it's growing the most. And, and it's waxy. You see, it's action. And the Bible says that Jesus was waxing strong in spirit. He was waxing strong in spirit. He grew and waxed strong in spirit. In verse number 80, over in our text, chapter number 2, the Bible says that the child, verse number 40, grew and waxed strong in spirit. Uh, so what did Jesus do? He grew strong in the spirit. Now, I want to remind you of something. This word spirit is not a spirit like spirited, like uh, mean spirit. Have you ever met a mean spirited child? Uh, have you ever met a spirited child? And some people are like, this child is spirited. And we all know what that means. We don't want to have them over for supper. But uh, anyway, this child, you are spirited. Now, that's not what this means. The word spirit here is the literal word that you'd use and be translated as Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. It has to do with the third part of a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that Jesus grew in spirit. And I think we could say it very plainly like this. Jesus as a child grew spirit. Spiritually. Now, I'll tell you, if your child fails to grow physically, we start getting really upset and worried about it. But we should also be thoroughly concerned if our children aren't growing spiritually. If our children aren't coming to a place where they begin to realize, hey, look, I'm a sinner and Jesus is my Savior. There should be reason for pause and concern. And we should be praying for our children. We should be investing in our children. We should be worried because spiritual growth is very important. If you're here today and you're a young person and you have no interest in God, your creator, you have no interest in knowing God through his word, you have zero interest in righteousness and holiness, if you have no burden to know God better, I want you to take just a moment, I want you to ask the Lord to help you with that because you are missing out on one of the greatest parts of growing up is growing in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, growing in spirit. We should want to know the Lord. We should want to know the truth. We should want to 
Discover what God has for my life. We should yearn our hearts to see why did God create me? Why has, how can God use the circumstances of my life to bring Him glory and to make me happy and to help me for life and eternity? We should be interested in things that are spiritual. I'm not talking about spooky. I'm talking about having a relationship with God who created you. I want to commend folks. There's lots of folks here today that are at church and you made a special effort to come to church today. I only, I'm thankful for that. You've come on your own. I'm thankful for that. And I, I applaud you. And I think that that's a sign that God is beginning to work in your heart and show you, hey, I want to grow spiritually. The Bible says that Jesus grew. He waxed strong in spirit. Oh, it's good. You know what I found out a long time ago? Anyone who seeks the Lord... And seeks to know the Lord. We'll find him. He's faithful. The Bible says knock and it shall be open unto you. Seek and you shall find. And God is working. And we should yearn our hearts to grow spiritually. Oh I think it's good. I think it's sweet. When God begins to work in the hearts of young people and old people alike and show them their need to seek the Lord and be nearer to God and be more dedicated to God for His glory. And I'm not preaching a message just to build a church. I promise that's not the goal. The best churches are churches full of people who want to build themselves in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. The best churches are full of people who want to know and do God's will. And we should yearn our hearts to grow Strong in spirit. There's some interesting things here in our text. I want you to look at it with me. Verse 39. The Bible says, When they, Mary and Joseph, when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And it's right, that's the preface here before God in His Word says that the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit. There's such an emphasis in Luke chapter 2 on Jesus' parents. Now, how in the world did Jesus get to the temple to obey the Lord in order to be circumcised on the eighth day, to be dedicated to the Lord and a sacrifice? How in the world did baby Jesus get there? Now, I know Jesus is God in the flesh, and I don't understand all that I know about what happened in the process of Jesus uh, being baby into comprehending and aware at that at some point in time that he was actually God. I don't understand how all that happened, but I'll be excited for God to explain it to me. But I do know that Jesus is a baby. He was a human. He was all God, all man. He was a human. And I want you to know something. Somebody had to be responsible and take him to fulfill the work of the Lord in his life. And the Bible gives us many records of Mary and Joseph doing that. In Luke chapter 2, it is slammed full of Mary and Joseph, Jesus' earthly parents, doing and being responsible and carrying that child to the places he needed to be in order to be right with God and grow spiritually. Look what the Bible says in chapter 2 here. And uh, let's just look at a few of them. Verse number uh, 21. The Bible says, When eight days were accomplished... For the circumcising of the child, the law said that in, at the eighth day that the Jewish boy had to be circumcised. When eight days were accomplished, the Bible says that uh, 
They took him. They put him. They they made it possible. They followed through, and they called his name Jesus. In verse number twenty-two, the Bible says, "When the days of her Mary's purification." Uh, uh, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished. They brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Verse 23, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. I want you to see over and over again in the youth of Jesus, Mary and Joseph were carrying that boy and bringing that boy and pointing that boy and emphasizing that child in the direction that he should go so that he could grow spiritually. Mary and Joseph doing the work of a parent. It continues in our text. The Bible says in verse 41, Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. What do they do? God says we got we got to honor and observe the feast of the Passover. These are Old Testament laws. We don't do them like this. In the New Testament, we're obeying and honoring the Lord by being faithful to the meeting of the church and God's people. We're honoring the Lord by making sure our children are instructed in God's word. But Mary and Joseph, the best they knew how, they were influencing Jesus spiritually. Every year, verse 42, when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. What did they do? They just, as, as their custom was, it was a customary thing. And they made Jesus, uh, they brought Jesus along. The parental influence of Jesus early days is absolutely important and God makes sure that we see it time and time and time again. The Bible says in verse 43, when they had fulfilled the days. What happened? Mary and Joseph fulfilled the days, the amount of days they were supposed to be faithful to the Lord. I've beat that drum long enough. I want you to know something. Joseph and Mary, the parents of Jesus, played a vital role in Jesus himself growing spiritually. I'll have you know something. God intends and, and, and wants parents to play an absolutely vital role in the spiritual development of their children. There are folks here this, this very moment that your parents aren't going to get involved with that. Don't be bitter against them. You seek the Lord and thank God that he's put a desire in your heart. But if you're here today and you're a parent and a grandparent, I want you to know God expects parents to invest spiritually in their children. It is of absolute teetotal importance. There's a lot of things through the years that I've dropped my kids off for. I've always tried to be very involved, but there's lots of things I've dropped them off for. I drop my kids off to football practice. If I had to go through football practice, it might be ugly. They'd probably put me with the linemen, and I'd be with the guys my size and can run about my pace, perhaps, but it'd still be rough on me. I drop my kids off at football practice because that's the right thing to do. I drop my kids off at basketball practice. Now, if I had to go through a full basketball practice, you probably wouldn't see me for a couple weeks. It'd be bad. And I drop them off at basketball practice. I dropped them off at piano lessons, and I've dropped them off at this and that. And but I'll tell you something: there are certain things you drop your kid. If my kid, if I had a kid uh, that was in gymnastics, I'd certainly drop her off at gymnastics. I'm not going to do that. Believe it or not, I can do a cartwheel, but I can only do one. I'll prove it to you one of these days, but not up here. But I drop my kids off at gymnastics. I'm going to tell you something. I guess dropping them off at church is better than nothing. 
but just barely. You see, parents are to be thoroughly involved in the spiritual development of their children. I think it's good to bring them to church and be with them. I think it's good to grow spiritually with them. I think the emphasis needs to be made. I only know that in my home as a child, it was far from perfect. There was lots of ups and downs. But I'll tell you something that was very consistent in my life. Something very consistent. And I know God used this in my life and my sister's life. We went to church on Sundays. There was no... I mean, it was, such a, a, it was such a habit of our lives. And I use the word habit in a good way. It was such a habit of our lives. I mean, we, there was, we didn't even think about what we were going to do. It's Sunday. What do you do on, on Sundays? You say, what are we going to do today? Well, it's Sunday. That's all you had to say. We're going to church. We're going to church. We're not going to church because we feel like if we don't go to church, God's going to horsewhip us. We don't go to church because we feel like if we don't go to church, you know, somebody's going to look bad on us in the community. Who cares? We went to church, and I was, we, we were taught the Word of God because we knew that it was important. My mom knew it was important that her children grew spiritually. And when God talks about Jesus himself as a child, the perfect child, he grew strong in spirit. You should desire in your heart to grow spiritually. Number two, lessons from the perfect child. He increased in wisdom and in stature. He increased in wisdom and in stature. Look what the Bible says, and we'll pick up here in verse number 42. When he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem after the custom of the feast. And when they had fulfilled the days as they returned, the child Jesus tarried behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother knew not of it. But they, supposing him to have been in the company, went a day's journey, and they sought him among their kinsfolk and acquaintance. And when they found him not, they turned back again to Jerusalem, seeking him. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And Jesus, he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? Now, I read the story, and every time I read it, I get a little bit anxious. I remember as a kid, I could do what, about anything I wanted to under one circumstance. My mom had to know where I was. And I went to great lengths to make sure she knew where I was. There was a few times along the way where our wires got crossed. And for some reason, for a length of time, she did not know where I was. And I just want you to know right now, I still have PTSD from those moments. <laughs> she may be little, but she was wiry. And she scared me to death. And you get her worried because she didn't know where you was. It's extra bad. And I read this, I think, man, Jesus, you really messed up. But anytime you think Jesus messed up, you're wrong. Now, this is an interesting story because sitting back at looking through my lens and my perspective is, you know, if mom didn't know where I was, I had to take responsibility for that. But in this instance, Jesus had to make a decision. He had to make a decision. And we're talking about he grew in wisdom. 
Now, wisdom makes wise decisions. Wisdom makes decisions that uh, put God first. And so Jesus in this moment, he was in a spot where he had to either obey and do the will of God or he had to follow along with his parents. Now, it worked out perfect. But when we look at the story with Jesus, we see Jesus having to exercise wisdom. Now, it's an interesting scene here because at this moment, this is a moment when Jesus has to do something that was counter to what his mother and father would have expected for him. It was something that Jesus decided to do that actually stirred up the family and stirred up the community and caused a ruckus. But Jesus exercised wisdom. And so the Bible says and teaches us that we need to grow in wisdom. And wisdom says, look, I'm going to do God's will. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. And you know there may come a time in your life as a young person where you have to choose God's will even though it may aggravate your parents. (laughs) There may come a time where you have to choose God's will instead of keeping everybody happy at the house. But don't you ever use this as some excuse to do something sinful against the authority of your parents. You see, wisdom says, I'm going to choose God first. I'm going to do what pleases God first. I'm going to choose God first. And then, if it makes everybody else happy, good. If it don't, I'm choosing God first. Wisdom says, I want God's will. And so Jesus, he makes this decision to stay. And so we watch him increasing in wisdom. He is growing in wisdom. Jesus, it's a fascinating thing. He chooses to stay back. And the Bible gives us some insight. In verse 46, it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. What's Jesus doing? Jesus is having this famous meeting with the the doctors of the law. These are not medical doctors. These are doctors of the law. These are folks who knew the word. And Jesus is there. And I want you to watch what Jesus is doing. This is a sign of a wise child. You look at it. The Bible says... He was sitting in the midst of the doctors. One, he's found himself in a crowd of people that are intelligent. He's found himself in a crowd of people that have got something that can be, that can offer, something to be taught. He surrounds himself by intelligent folks. It's a wise thing to be around wise people. The Bible says that the companion of fools has a rough end. He's around the doctors. The Bible says that He's sitting in the midst of the doctors. The Bible says both hearing them. Do you see that? I want you to pay close attention to that. What's Jesus doing? Is he sitting there telling them everything that he knows? No, Jesus is sitting there listening. Have you ever been around a young person that they can't stop talking long enough to learn nothing? They'll tell you everything they know in about 30 seconds and they'll tell you it again. So Jesus, he was full of wisdom. Guess what Jesus is doing? Jesus is sitting there hearing them. Let me tell you, if Jesus needs to sit and listen, so do you. We ought to make it a practice to listen. Not only is he hearing them, not only is he hearing them, but he is asking them questions. Now, he's not asking them questions to be some kind of smart aleck. He's asking questions. He's asking questions, seeking to know more, to learn and grow in wisdom. And the Bible says that Jesus, in this moment, in this stage of his life, he's increasing in wisdom. Oh, it's so important. 
They have a desire to increase in wisdom. Now, that's what Jesus was doing. That's what was important to Christ. That's what was important to God to emphasize during the youthful days of Jesus. He increased in wisdom. The Bible continues and says he increased in wisdom and stature. What else, did, what else increased with him? Not only increased in wisdom, but he increased in stature. I think this is important. Uh, the Bible mentions it. That there's a scripture that says this, Bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable. And I can't remember the next phrase in the verse, but the bottom line is the Bible says that bodily exercise is profitable a little. Now, a lot of folks will use that verse and say, Oh, good, we don't have to worry about exercise. Now, the Bible says it's profitable. It's a little profitable. And so in Jesus' world, he waxed strong in spirit. He increased in wisdom, and the Bible says he also increased in stature. Do you know that God expects us to take care of our temples? God expects us to take care of our bodies. God expects us to be good stewards with our health. Some folks are blessed with genetics that are easier than others, but we should be working, and we should take care of the temple that God gave us. And Jesus increased in stature. If you ever think in your mind that Jesus was some kind of a wimp, you're wrong. You're wrong. The Bible says he increased in stature, and he is our example. And we should yearn to be as healthy and active and function as well as we can and serve God with our bodies to the best of our abilities. I met a guy yesterday, and I was so encouraged by our conversation. I looked at him and I said, man, you're, you've lost some weight. He said, yeah, he said, and I love it. He's a layman. He's a, he's a guy I respect very much. He said, yeah. He said, uh, he said, you know, I got to thinking about it. We fuss about these people drinking and using drugs and, eat and, and eating and, I mean, drinking and using drugs and all that. And he said, when you overeat, he said, it's hard to say anything to somebody when you're overeating all the time, too. He said, he said I wasn't, wasn't taking good care of what God gave me either. And I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, you ever heard someone say, I ain't never heard a Baptist preacher preach on gluttony. You just heard it. <laughs> Stop that mess. What's for lunch? <laughs> but the Bible says that Jesus increased in stature. And we should teach our children, uh, and, and we should encourage our children uh, to build a physique and strength that they can serve the Lord with the rest of their lives. I'm thankful for that. He grew strong in spirit. He increased in wisdom and stature. And finally, number three, he increased in favor with God and man. He increased in favor with God and man. The Bible says in verse number 48, And when they saw him, they were amazed. This is Mary and Joseph. They were amazed. His mother said to him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. He said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? The Bible says that Jesus increased in favor with God. There came a moment at some point in Jesus growing up where Jesus understood that it is now my responsibility to do the will of my father, God. I think it's important. I think it's important that in your heart, individually, personally, that you wonder and ask, am I pleasing God with my life? 
You know, some folks just live so loose and they live so wickedly that they live so uh, irresponsibly that they never even think about the fact that God wants to use them for his glory. And Jesus came to a place. He said, you know what? I've got to decide something right here. I need to stay put right here in the temple and I need to learn and I need to ask questions. I need to hear. I need to do my father's work. And so Jesus said, you know what? It's, I've got to do something for myself, I gotta learn for myself. And the Bible says and translates that into and says, hey, look, Jesus grew in favor with God. I'm gonna ask you a question. Is the way you're living pleasing God? You should desire in your heart to grow in favor with God. You should desire in your heart to be nearer to Him, to please Him with your life. You should desire. To grow in favor with God. And Jesus did that. The Bible says he grew in favor with God. And you know when you should start it? Right now. No matter how old you are, right now. Some folks have this idea. I'll be a Christian. I'll be a faithful Christian. When I get older. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. We use our age as excuses for our entire lives if we're not careful. Paul said to Timothy, his son of faith, a young man, he said, Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. He said, just because you're young, don't let that be an excuse. He said, but you be an example, but be thou an example of the believer in word and conversation, spirit and faith and charity. He said, Timothy, as a young man, you decide I'm going to grow in favor with God. That's so sweet to watch it. And the Lord God wants us to know that his own son, Jesus, God in the flesh, he grew in favor with God. How's your relationship with Jesus? Oh, I pray that you have a burden to make it right. He increased in favor, the Bible says, with God and man. Let me show you one other thing here in this text. The Bible says in verse 49, he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business? Verse 50. They, Mary and Joseph, they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. It's kind of interesting here that Mary and Joseph, man, they don't understand all that's going on in their son's life. And if you're a parent, you're thinking, man, I don't, I'm concerned, I'm worried, I don't understand everything that's going on in that, in that teenage brain, in that child brain. I don't, I've got concerns and worries. If you're one of these people that tend to wring their hands about uh, the developmental stages of your children, you're worried all the time. Let me tell you something. You're in good company. Mary and Joseph were in the same boat. You know what you got to do? You need to do like Mary did. Mary just kept pondering those things in her heart. She kept giving it to the Lord. She kept trusting the Lord with it. She kept doing the best she knew how. And God blessed. They didn't know, man. They didn't understand what was going on. But the Bible says this in verse 51. He went down with him, Jesus went down with him and came to Nazareth. The Bible says this, and was subject unto them. And was subject unto them. What did the Bible say about Jesus? Jesus obeyed his parents. Now that's an interesting uh, subject there. The Bible says he was subject. That means he submitted himself, he obeyed his parents. I think this is so important to note. Do you know if Jesus had to obey his parents, so do you. <laughs> if Jesus was so to his parents, so should you. 
Some situations are harder than others when there's unfaithful parents. But I want you to know you, to the best of your ability, should choose to be subject to the Lord. In Jesus' case, there was a moment in his life where he had to choose to oppose his parents in staying instead of going. And he chose wisely to stay instead of go. But when he chose, he chose to do something that was brought him nearer to God. There's never a justified reason to disobey your parents and move away from truth and righteousness and goodness and godliness into sinfulness. It's never. It's rebellion. That's rebellion. And the Bible says rebellion is like the sin of witchcraft. But there's always cause and reason, even if it seems a little absurd for you to obey and submit and surrender yourself to your parents. The Bible says that Jesus was subject. He was subject. He obeyed his parents. He obeyed his parents. Oh, how important it is. Subject. Our society's got an idea that 18 is like some magic number. If you just turned 18, I I don't want to take away your glory. It's exciting to turn 18. But let me tell you something. When you turn 18, that doesn't mean you don't have to listen to your parents anymore. That doesn't mean you can live sinfully. It means you can vote. That's good. Used to, you turned 18, you could buy a pack of cigarettes. That's not good, but you can't even do that anymore. Used to, when you turn, I mean, when you turn 18, it's, it's good. There's some, there's some good things. You're growing up. It's wonderful. But if you foolishly think somehow 18 is a magic number to where you don't have to obey your parents anymore, you don't have to submit, no, 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 you're wrong. We're to stay subject. There's coming a time in a used life where they leave. The Bible tells us that it's we leave and we cleave to a husband or a wife. And when you leave, then look, you don't have to be subject. But until you leave, you're subject. And so it's biblical for your mom and dad to say, as long as you're under my roof. <laughs> subject. It's good. Obedience is good. And you know why God gives us authorities in our lives? It's for our own good, for our own safety. And we should cherish that. He increased in favor with God and man. Jesus was subject. He was subject. One last thing. We'll bring it to conclusion. There's something in this text that I like and hate altogether. The Bible tells us that he grew strong in spirit. He grew. What happened? He was growing up. The Bible says that he increased in wisdom and stature. And the Bible says that he increased in favor with God. Do you know what Jesus was doing at this stage? Jesus was growing up. Jesus was changing. I had this conversation last night at the football banquet. And uh, most of you know Ian, our oldest son, he's a senior. And uh, there's moments, man, that's tender and tough. And... uh, I was talking to somebody last night. I said, well, the only thing worse than Ian graduating from high school would be him not graduating from high school. Not graduating because he wasn't alive. Not graduating because he did something foolish and tragic with his life. Not graduating. You know, the only thing worse than Ian graduating is Ian not graduating. The only thing worse than a kid 
not leaving the house as a kid. I'm sorry, a kid leaving the house as a kid not leaving the house. The only worse than a kid growing up is a kid not growing up. And so as we work through these transitions and times and seasons, we're reminded of something very sweet. Jesus grew up too. And you know what we can expect all along life's way? Grace for our children and grandchildren. Peace from God for our children and grandchildren. Grace and peace for ourselves as we go through the stages of life. Jesus grew. He increased. And that's good. It's a blessing. And we as God's people, we can learn a few things from the perfect child, Jesus. And may God help us. May God help us to apply these truths to our lives.